Okay. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome in to the usual Wednesday Stop Drinking Expert live stream. You are very welcome. Not on the boat today, no, uh, in the office, but uh, here for as long as you need me. And it is a ask me anything. So if you have any questions, uh, anything causing you problems, if you're this is your first time here and you're considering quitting drinking, then you're in very good company. You can ask any question you want, but the first thing you need to do is hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you get notifications when we go live. Let's say hello to a few people because my screen is filling up. Uh, let's see who we got here. Uh, Colin Hughes. Welcome, Colin. Uh, Brad is here. We've got Todd Ventura, Stephen Hall. JR is here as well. Um, Robert Booth. Hi, Robert. Uh, conservative Christian hippie, welcome. Bonnie L, UFO nuts. Andrew Bailey is here. Uh, hi, Craig, celebrating my first birth, first server birthday. Thank you for the help from your channel. Well done, fantastic. Ellie is here as well. Good morning from Florida. Thank you, Craig, for all that you do. Um, UFO nut Todd H. Good morning from the San Francisco Bay Area. Going to be 90 degrees the next few days. Much too hot for early April around here. Uh, K2 is here as well. Uh, Kelly is online from New Jersey. Uh, it's gloomy there. Nancy Deford, good morning. Kobe Cat, uh, still with clean stats. Good. Jasu Finn from Finland, excellent. 20 centimeters of snow today, really? That's crazy. Uh, Shirag from Hong Kong, been following you for a while, but I haven't attended too many live streams. You're very welcome. Uh, Chris Bull is here. Oh, look at all these amazing people. Right. Okay. I will say hello to more people as we get into the stream. You know how it goes. So uh, any questions, anything you want to share, then post away wherever you're watching. Uh, one thing I wanted to do a little bit differently today is I just wanted to share something with you that kind of knocked me for six. Um, I've been having a bit of a nostalgia moment, you know, the last six months a year, I've been kind of going back to my childhood and watching TV shows and movies and reading biographies of famous people. Um, I was born 1974 in the United Kingdom. So a few of these references I'm going to make, if you're not from the United Kingdom, you probably won't know the people I'm talking about, but the sentiment remains. So um, grew up kind of in the 80s and spent a lot of time with my grandparents because my parents ran their own business. I didn't really see them. They were you know, off to work at six in the morning, back home at eight at night. So spent a lot of time with my grandparents. So they had me watching a lot of kind of very old black and white movies, uh, especially comedies, you know, like Abbott and Costello, uh, The Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, and also things like the Carry On movies, uh, which were big kind of 70s and 80s movies in the United Kingdom. So they were kind of the mainstay of my, you know, uh, my growing up. Uh, and I've been going back and just looking at all my favorite TV shows and movies, like the Carry On movies, like Avida's Aim Pet, probably my favorite TV show. And what shocked me is I'd say probably 50% of my heroes, 50% of the people I watched growing up were killed by alcohol. I didn't know this. And... I just thought I'd share it with you because I think, you know, part of the job of this channel is not just to help people to quit drinking, but it's also to shine a spotlight on the truth and to highlight this ridiculous nonsense that alcohol is just a harmless social pleasantry. You know, it's just a bit of fun. It's just something to relax with. 
doesn't do any real harm, not like heroin or anything like that. It's not true. Um, so I thought I'd share this with you. Um, John Thor, very good actor, uh, British actor, famous for, he had a sitcom, which was called Home to Roost, if I'm right, back in the 1980s. But he's most famous for playing the TV detective, uh, Morse. He's the guy with the gray hair here. Uh, he was on the TV for decades, well-loved, very successful actor, died age 60 uh, from cancer of the esophagus, heavy drinker all his life, very heavy drinker, killed him in the end. Eutha Joyce, talked about her the other day. Eutha Joyce was a very good female actress in the kind of 60s and 70s, but she got typecast. She got onto a sitcom, and uh, the sitcom was called George and Mildred. And back then, this is, you know, this is before the internet. This is when, this is before satellite TV. This was when the United Kingdom had three TV channels. So if you managed to get on a TV show back in the 70s, pretty much the whole country knew your name. And she got completely typecast as this Mildred character. And from what I've read about her, she was a desperately lonely woman. Very, very depressed, very, very lonely, sad because she couldn't get any serious roles. They'd only give her comedy roles. And basically, she was drinking between half and a full bottle of brandy every day for about 10 years. Died of liver failure, aged 53. This is the drug that they sell in Walmart. This is the harmless social pleasantry. Michael Elphick. Uh, Michael Elphick was a, a character actor, and he was in... He's probably most famous for being in a sitcom called Boone, um, which ran in the late 80s, I think, 90s maybe. Uh, but I know him from being in my favorite TV show, Avida Zane Pat, and he played a hard man, uh, kind of a, a tough guy called McGowan. And again, very good actor, uh, but terrible drinking problem. I saw him in a theater show probably in the early 90s, and he couldn't even stand up straight. He was stumbling on the stage. He couldn't remember his lines. It was very sad to see. Uh, well, he had a heart attack, and they suspect it was caused by just the quantity that he was drinking. Died age 55. Charles Hawtrey, um, uh, on, an actor since the age of eight, kind of a quirky, eccentric uh, actor, famous for being in the Carry On uh, films, famous for being in lots of black and white comedies in, in Britain and back in the day. Kind of a sad character. He was really depressed because he never really made it as a leading man. He was always just given bit parts. And he always thought the work he was getting was beneath him. And his drinking just got worse and worse. Eventually, he got fired from the series because of his drinking. And he chose to kind of go into retirement. And what retirement meant for Charles Hawtrey was to become a recluse. He locked himself in his house and drank himself to death, pretty much. Very, very lonely, very, very depressed, heavy drinker. Joan Sims finished her autobiography yesterday. Can't believe it. Joan Sims, one of the most loved actresses of her day. Everyone loved her. Super sweet, lovely lady. Famous for being in the Carry On films. Uh, massive heavy drinker. Exceptionally lonely. Uh, died almost a recluse, very lonely, very depressed, heavy drinker, died of liver failure, 2001. And one more, Kevin Lloyd. 
Kevin Lloyd famous for playing a TV detective called Tosh Lines in a in a show called The Bill. Um, he was also in Avida Zame, pet my favourite show. Uh, very heavy drinker. Uh, went into rehab, acknowledging he was an alcoholic, and threw up during the night and choked on his own vomit. Forty nine. So I know it's all a bit depressing. You might be thinking, well, why are you sharing this, Craig? I just, I just want you to know that that's my kind of childhood. You, you can do the same with yours. You can go back and look at all those actors that you used to watch over the years when you were growing up. Just go and have a look and see how many of them alcohol took out. And I tell you that because I want to shatter this misconception that alcohol is just this thing that happens to other people. You know, when you look at social media, you see that the vast majority of people are talking about how they had a great weekend and this happened and that happened. You don't see the truth. That is hidden. And I think it's really important that we highlight it. So there we go. Just wanted to share that with you. Um, I just I was quite shocked when I found it out for myself. I'm missing lots of people. So let's go and have a look here. Victoria is in Florida. Hi, Victoria. And or uh, hi, Craig. Uh uh, what do we got here? Elaine. Elaine, I'm here, but traveling via train to Scotland. Uh, I'm now on day six and doing well this time. All thanks to you and Annie Grace. Great, Elaine. Uh, in, enjoy the webinar until you go through a tunnel. Uh, we got Catherine here, Kathy from Caerphilly, South Wales. Hello. Uh, Matthias. Hello again. It's been a while. How are you doing, Matthias? Are you, uh, are you on the sober wagon? What's the latest? Stephanie McDaniel, good morning. Uh, we got Anthony here. Um, first time, thanks for your help. Um, I said myself and my family from Rochester, New York. Welcome, Anthony. First timers are always welcome. Uh, Colin is here, one of our members, our YouTube members. Five days so far and all is well. Good man, keep going. Washington State is 28 degrees. Um, ooh. Lilia, uh, 57 days sober, so happy. Awesome, well done. Lots of people here. Um, let's see if we can see any questions. Copycat says he used to watch Benny Hill. Benny Hill died quite young as well, didn't he? But I don't know why. Um, Bonnie L says, love the, uh, love the Carry On movies. Hattie Jakes. Yeah, and Hattie Jakes died, um, died young as well. But I don't think it was alcohol with Hattie Jakes. Uh, yeah, all heavy smokers, Nancy. Or, um, yeah, most of them... Very, I mean, Charles Hawtrey, basically a 40-a-day man uh, and was drinking a bottle of whiskey a day as well. Amazing, he he, um, he lived as long as he did. Basically, they took Charles Hawtrey into hospital and they told him that uh, if you want to live, we're going to have to amputate your legs because of the damage you've done to your, your vascular system. We're going to have to chop both your legs off. He refused and died four days later. Um, Angela, greetings from Sydney, Australia. Uh, JT. Four weeks no drinking. It's been really easy. What I really like saying uh, is saving $40 a day, uh, not going to the ABC every day. It adds up, $40 a day over a decade. It's crazy money. Eric Red said, Craig always drops the truth bombs on us. <laughs> uh, love Morse, yeah. Uh, Jules, hello from Seattle. Hi, Jules. Hope you're doing well. Uh, K2. My first time quitting and doing great. Don't fret much, luckily. My uh, girlfriend's second time, but she just told me she thinks about wine all the time. Why is it harder after falling off the wagon? Uh, well, because 
the reason it's harder when you fall off the wagon to get back on the wagon is because you now have a whole heap of extra evidence that you can't do it. Um, and what you used before to get you off the alcohol, now the evil clown has a really very good argument to say to you, well, you just do what you did before because it doesn't work you, and you're going to fail again. There's very little you can say in response to that because he's got you, hasn't he? He's got you because what he's saying is the truth. And that's the problem with the evil clown that lives in your head is you can't keep any secrets from him. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows what you love, what you hate. And he knows how to pull that lever uh, and to get you. And so that's why I say when you, um, when you fall off the wagon, it's okay to go back and you know start again, but also add in something extra. Add in a little bit of something extra just to level that playing field out a bit. So you've, you've got a bit more power uh, against the evil clown. Uh, Bonnie, so many people I know don't know about the link between alcohol and cancer. They're shocked when I tell them that it's a group one carcinogen. It's crazy, isn't it? And it's not. I think what even people who do know that there is a link between alcohol and cancer they think it's one of those warnings that you get, you know, that doctors give that because they have to, they're legally obliged to give you a warning. It's like you go in for an operation and they're obliged to tell you, look, there's a, you know, there's a one in a million chance that you're going to die from this very straightforward, simple operation. They have to tell you that. And I think a lot of people assume that when we say alcohol causes cancer, it's, it's in that vein. It's not the, you know, the increase in odds of getting breast cancer, if you're a heavy alcohol user, are off the scale higher if you drink. It's like, it's not just a couple of percent. It's like your, your chance of getting breast cancer practically doubles if you're a problem drinker. Now, if you have a genetic predisposition to get breast cancer, it runs in your family, and you're a problem drinker, you're basically saying, I want cancer, give it to me. That's how dramatic it is. It's really scary. So if you've made the decision today and you've turned up at this webinar, uh, this live feed, and you've uh, decided that you're quitting, know that you're, you're preserving your life. You know, bottle of wine a day for a decade is probably going to take, you know, 10 years off your life. Uh, Todd, 10 p.m. here in Tokyo. Pleasure to be watching. Fantastic. Uh, Ryan, you're such a stand-up guy. Thank you for all your videos. I appreciate that, Ryan. That's very kind of you. Um, Rick, hi guys, like a beer, how much is too much? It's a very common question, Rick. Um, and there isn't a number that comes as the answer to that question. Um, if you're worried about your drinking, it's it, honestly, whether you have a problem or not, it's got nothing to do with how much you drink or even how often you drink. It's whether it's making you miserable. And so what I would say to you, Rick, is has, alco has alcohol in your life become more miserable than it has become beneficial? Are the downs much more significant than the ups these days? If your drinking is causing you misery, and I suspect it is because you probably wouldn't find this channel if it wasn't, then you have a problem. And what we all know is that problems with alcohol never get better on their own. They go downwards in a spiral that slowly accelerates and takes you further and deeper down. So if I could give you one piece of advice, make today the day you do something about it. All right. Uh, 
Spod Ramam, hey. Uh, Michael Quinn. Hello, Craig. Keep up the good work. I'm three years alcohol free, and it's because of your videos and great books. Thank you, Michael. Um, uh, JT, what's a heavy drinker? A bottle a day, guys. Uh, again, it's it's not about how much you drink. That it's it's you know putting those sort of parameters on it is always going to lead you down a kind of um, a false safety net path. Because if I say to you a number, then if you're if you're less than that number, then you will conclude that you're not a problem drinker, aren't you? You'll say, "Oh, I'm okay then." And this is what happened to me when I went to AA. You know, I was drinking two bottles of wine a day. My health was collapsing. My finances were devastated my relationships were shot my career was going nowhere i mean i was you know miserable because of my drinking and i went to aa and i heard all these other people telling terrible awful stories about how they were drinking two bottles of vodka a day and i i concluded oh, i think i'm okay i think my drinking's pretty pretty mild in comparison and i actually left aa and bought a bottle of whiskey on the way home because compared to those guys i didn't have a problem so it's uh, there's not a number here, JT. It's it's it, is alcohol having a negative impact on your life? And if you answer yes to that question, then the next thing you should be doing is booking your place on. Look at my terrible hands. <laughs> I've been painting. <laughs> the next thing you should do is book your place on the next free quit drinking webinar. There is a bench outside, and I've been painting it just before I came in here to do this. Shocking, terrible. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, Todd. Todd says, completely understand what it's like to gradually turn into a recluse when you get on the beers heavy. It's insidious. I mean, just looking at all those amazing people, uh, you know, especially people like, I mean, if you, you probably don't know her, but Joan Sims, everyone loved her. She was like, she, she was told she couldn't play serious roles because she had too happy a face. She had this infectious giggle. She was great fun. Everyone loved to be with her. Uh, and yet her preference was to go to her flat, go to her apartment, lock the door and drink herself into oblivion. She wouldn't answer the phone. She wouldn't answer the door. She would just drink herself into oblivion um, and died of liver failure in the end. So, you know, if you want to be depressed and lonely, start drinking. It seems to be the, the way you get there. Isaac, welcome in. Good to see you. Uh, Angel, 10 a.m. in Buenos Aires, drinking my coffee, enjoying listening to Craig. Fantastic, good man. Uh, Darren, one of our YouTube members, when is the next conference? Uh, quit drinking boot camps uh, are kind of on hold. Um. They were going great guns. I was doing one a month. And the last one I did was London in February 2020. And we know what happened in March 2020, don't we? Everything just stopped, didn't it? So that was the last one I did. Um, I'm just holding off planning any more for the moment because I know things are opening up around the world. The UK is pretty much open now. Uh, but here in Cyprus, they're still kind of strict. There's still quite a few restrictions. So... Once this coronavirus nonsense is completely done and dusted, then we'll start planning some boot camps, okay? And I'll let you know. Um, hi, Craig, still here. The man from uh, oh, 
Kamru. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, I'm still here, still sober. Uh, a bad day sober is still better than a good day drunk. Good point, Craig. Well made. Uh, Rick Black. I've got a lot of mates. I've got a lot of mates. 10 beers a day minimum. Hardcore laborers, trade, sales, 20 years, still going strong. Nice. Um, Emily. Emily from New Hampshire. 95 days, alcohol-free. Fantastic. Uh, Zach, 840 days sober. You superstar, you. Um, <laughs> Andor. I chose you over the Bitcoin Miami sup Summit. Good work. I really wanted to go to that. I'm really hoping there's some good news coming out of this summit because this uh, Bitcoin price needs to go up. Uh, uh, Ilona, hi, Craig. 14 months sober on Saturday. Greetings from the Netherlands. Fantastic. Um, Facebook user. Yeah, if you're on Facebook, you have to put your name. Otherwise, it just makes you look all shady and suspicious. Lindsay is here. Stephanie, I have a question. I need help. I live in a home where the partner that drinks and won't take it out of the house, even temporarily. Uh, it makes it very difficult for me. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's, that's tough, Stephanie. Um, well, look, you kind of have to battle through it because um, you've got to reframe it, I think. Rather than seeing that as an obstacle, use the annoyance that gives you to try and change the way you view that. Uh, because here's this, you know, narcissistic evil drug and it's even pervasive in your own home. Um, it's a tightrope walk, like I keep saying, you know, this is a journey you're gonna make on your own. And you should always start this journey with the assumption that nobody's gonna help you. Nobody's gonna make this easy for you. You are gonna do it on your own and get very clear about the reasons why you're doing it. Now, if you have that clarity and that leverage on your situation, that you know you're doing this for this very specific reason, um, then doing it with those sort of things around you makes the victory even sweeter. Uh, I, I haven't got a lot to say to you to make it easier because you're just going to have to you're just going to have to deal with it because that's the reality of the situation. But don't let it dent your confidence. Lead by example. You already know that trying to get your partner to stop drinking doesn't work. The harder you push them, the more they pull away. So if you want them to reduce their alcohol uh, intake, be the, the guiding light in the house. Let them see you and how much benefits start coming into your life. Let your achievements kind of irritate them and try and nudge them in the same direction. But good luck to you. Keep turning up at this meeting and be with people who know how you feel. Uh, Jules, boozeless in Seattle, going on one month anniversary, a toast to you, but with toast, not booze, nice. Terry's got 16 months chalked up, nice, very good. Uh, Andrew, how long do you think it's expected for depression to last after quitting drinking? Doctor prescribed me lorazepam, afraid of swapping one addiction for another. Uh, uh, that's a really difficult one for me to answer because um, I'm not a doctor um, and it would be irresponsible of me to comment on your prescribed medication. Uh, if you want some help with depression that doesn't involve taking tablets, 
then my good friend Andrew Bridgewater. Um, I wonder if I still have his details here. Yeah, here we go. Um, my good friend Andrew Bridgewater, who has a website called thementalhealthcoach.net, uh, would gladly do a free coaching session with you just to see if you're the right match for him and vice versa. And if you are and you want to continue, then he does a very cost-effective coaching program that he does over Zoom. Uh, and he's an expert in helping people with mood disorders and depression and anxiety and things like that. So I can't really comment on what the doctor said to you, but if you do want something that's not coming out of a bottle uh, from a guy who really knows his stuff, then Andrew's your man, okay? Um I hope that helps. Uh, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. Jan's in Perth, Australia. Very good. Welcome. Uh, Jem, I had a relapse but stopped drinking six days ago. My girlfriend has told me I need to sign up for your course and is fully supportive of me. The last time I drank was April 1st, made a fool of myself. Okay. Uh, so, Jem, what's stopping you? What's stopping you pulling the trigger and doing the course? Uh, you get brownie points from your girlfriend as well. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's an odd question. I get that a lot. People email me saying, Craig, I've tried everything. Tried everything. <laughs> and I say, but you haven't tried the course. What's stopping you? And I never get a reply to that question. Uh, let's have a look. Ecoster, alcohol is used to celebrate everything from the birth of a child or mourn the death of a loved one. Nowhere in between are we told the consequences, literally from the cradle to the grave. Yeah. And, you know, if you do the course, one of the things one day we spend a bit of time on is looking at the marketing of alcohol. And there's a famous beer commercial. And I think it might be even Bud Budweiser from back in the day. And the marketing shows a heavily pregnant woman holding a glass of beer. And it's just weird. You look at it and you think, what, what are they trying to say? You don't quite understand it, like a lot of these commercials are. But I think what they're saying to you is they're saying, look, from the moment you're born, we're in your life. It's going to be there till the day you die. There will be no break from it. Get used to it. We're there from the start to the end. And I think, you know, these beer commercials, they look all fun and, you know, light-hearted and funny often but don't be misled by that these alcohol companies they spend millions of dollars on psychologists to deliver very stealthy and powerful subliminal meanings to their commercials is really devious stuff um craig bull 15 months sober yeah kevin lloyd Died because of his drinking. Choked to death on his own vomit in rehab. Literally two years older than I am now. Uh, Sarah, I turned 30 days sober yesterday, thankfully. Not my first time. How do I set boundaries with my partner who drinks, but we don't live together? Our relationship result revolved around drinking. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. Um but it helps that you don't live together because it's easier to set those boundaries, isn't it? You can walk away. You, I, I don't mean end the relationship. I mean, if he gets heavily drunk, at least you have an exit. You can go home, can't you? You can say, right, I've had enough of this. See you tomorrow. 
uh, you don't have to get involved with it so much if you have a way out. Um, I think the way you do this is you don't make light of it. You don't laugh about it. You don't be flippant about it. You don't give him any sort of idea that this is temporary or a bit of a fad or a health kick. You have a serious sit-down conversation with him. Um, and you ex And you tell him what you want from him. So you say to him, look, can we have fun doing other stuff that doesn't revolve around alcohol? Here's the things that I'd like us to do. I'd like us to go dancing. I'd like us to, you know, do this. I'd like us to go traveling, blah, blah, blah. And you tell him what you want. Now, whether he's going to accept that or not, well, that's a different matter. And that's something you'll find out in the future. But you have to draw your line in the stand. You have to, in the sand. You have to set your level. And don't ever compromise on that. Drinkers will try and pull you down to their low level because you are highlighting their low standards. And you have to be on your guard against that. But my advice is take it seriously. Change the drug. Imagine that you haven't just quit drinking. Imagine you've just managed to get yourself off heroin. You're finally free of heroin. You feel so proud of yourself. You know for certain you don't want to go back there to that terrible place you were in. And then you meet up with your boyfriend and he starts injecting heroin. How furious would you be? How angry would you be? What sort of conversation would you have in that situation? And I think you're entirely justified to have the same conversation about alcohol. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, copycat, a few more I grew up with or watched that, uh, yeah, died of alcohol. David Cassidy, of course, Mickey Mantle, Amy Winehouse, which is tragic. Um, Errol Flynn, Keith, uh, Keith Whitley. Yeah, so many people, so many famous people killed by alcohol. Um, let's have a look, see what else we've got coming through here. Uh, Tiller's, uh, Tiller Uzufan, mental health is a big reason why people drink. It's two to three beers a day, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it is until it isn't, is the answer to that. Um, and the chances are, if you're drinking two to three beers a day and hoping that that will remain the, the permanent situation, I, I think you're probably deluding yourself. Nobody, in, nobody sets out to get a drinking problem. Nobody goes, right, well, I think I'm going to start drinking a bottle of vodka a day. It doesn't happen like that, does it? It's a it's slow water torture. You know, over years and decades, your two to three beers a day became five to ten beers a day, became a bottle of whiskey a day, became, you see what I mean? So it's not possible to say, ah, it's all right, just have a, you know, a glass of wine a day. Well, in theory, yeah, you're right, but we don't live in a perfect world where things stay the same. As they say, the only constant is change, and this drug has a mission. And that is to kill you. So I would make that point first. Secondly, alcohol is not a benefit to mental health problems. It, it's an aggravator of mental health problems. So if you have mental health issues, adding alcohol into your life is only going to make the situation worse, not better. But thank you for the question. Uh, Elaine, why when I'm on holiday... Do I have trouble staying sober? When I'm at home, it's really hard to keep the evil clown 
Okay. Um, it's like he lives in my house and he doesn't follow me on holiday. Well, it's a, that's a question with a million answers, Elaine, because um, it depends on why you're drinking. You know, what, what do you believe the benefit to alcohol to be? Um, perhaps you drink because you're bored or because you're lonely or because you're stressed with work. And maybe all of those three triggers there don't exist when you're on vacation. You're not bored because you're on vacation, you're having a good time. You're not lonely because you're with your family. Uh, you're not stressed because you're not going to work. So perhaps it's not the location. Perhaps it's the, the triggers. And they're the things that are missing when you're on vacation. Johnny Reno. Uh, hello from North Carolina, Craig. Thanks for all you do. You're very welcome. Um, let's have a look. Ronnie, good morning, Craig. I really look forward to these live chats. Thank you for everything that you do. You're so appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Holly, your program and books are amazing. I've gained more self-confidence because of you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, uh, true. UFO nut. The added perk of sobriety is the relief I often feel uh, not dealing with the baggage in ha of hangovers any longer. Nothing feels quite as good as smug mode when you go out with all your friends and you watch them get absolutely hammered and then you see them the next morning and you're fresh as a daisy. Nothing quite feels as good as that. <laughs> um, Sarah, the question I ask myself, is alcohol costing you more than just money? The answer is yes, then you probably have a problem with alcohol. Good point. Um, Let's have a look. Joe Tester, welcome. Matthias. Matthias slept yesterday after 30 days sober. Any tips? Best, Matthias from Bavaria. Uh, well, how did he get you, first of all? What did he say, the evil clan? What did he say that got you? You need to make a little note of that because that's, a lesson you've learned there uh, about how he can get leverage on you. I always say to people when they when they fall off the wagon is not to make it more of a big deal than it needs to be. People get very upset, like oh, like like they've, they've thrown thirty days away, like oh, I'll never get those back. You still had thirty sober days, which is fantastic. All right, it's a bit of a shame that you didn't go on an extended run, but you still got that down as a victory. Don't turn it into a negative when actually it's a positive, and don't make this a bigger deal than it needs to be. Dust yourself down quietly and restart. Because if you turn it into this massive episode, like oh, what a failure I am, what a terrible person I am, then you're going to stress yourself out. And as I've said a million times before, what do us problem drinkers turn to as our default when we're stressed? Alcohol. So you're stressed, you're craving alcohol, and you're beating yourself up, and you get into this cycle of despair. Dust yourself down. Say, okay, you learned a lesson. I'm not going to get caught by that again. Uh, and if it helps you, make a video. Grab your phone. Make a selfie video of you talking to yourself. Explain to yourself how he got you, how you felt, what he promised would happen, what really happened, how you felt the day after, and get all the 
dirty details down in that video and keep it on your phone and watch it once a week for the next few weeks until you get past the 30-day point that you fell out before. So you're constantly reminding yourself not to go back there. Because you can, you know, you can listen to me and you can choose to agree with me or disagree with me, but you can't disagree with yourself. That would be insane. But good luck and keep turning up here every week. We want to know, you know, how you're doing and keep telling us every week you chalk up another week sober, okay? Uh, yeah, it's true. Robert says the UK might be open, but it's absolute mayhem at all the airports. So probably the correct decision is to hold off on the boot camps. Yeah, I, I know. I've seen stories, uh, Robert, that's like it takes four hours to get through security at Manchester Airport. And by the time you get through security, you've missed your flight. It's just insane, isn't it? Um, okay, who else we got here? Paul, very sad but true. Alcohol seems to be okay and accepted part of killing people slowly. Seeing my family members, uncles, and people in my area die from alcohol, and everyone gets pissed at the funeral. Paul uh, from Dublin and Ireland. Yeah. Um, you know, I've went, I went to a funeral about three years ago, Paul, and alcohol was definitely a, played a part in this lady's death quite a significant part, if I'm being honest. And the guests were all raising a glass to her. They even bought bottles of wine and bottles of bubbly and stuff and said they were opening it in honor of this lady. And, and oh, you know, she she liked a drink. Oh, she, she loved a bottle of this and she loved it. And I'm thinking, this is just sick. This is weird. Can you not see that the thing that you're lauding about her life is the thing that killed her. It, it's twisted. It really is bizarre to watch it, you know, to watch the illusion from outside of the bubble that everyone else is kind of pretending to be. And it's, it's nuts, absolutely nuts. Darren, one of our superstar members. Um, what are some answers you give when people ask you at parties and dinners why you're not drinking? Uh, answers that don't lead to more questions or debate. Well, most people who know, I mean, I go around wearing alcohol lied to me t-shirts and sobriety rocks and sober AF and things like that. So <laughs> um, I don't mind talking about it, as you can probably tell. In fact, I want people to ask me, you know, people say to me, why are you wearing an alcohol lied to me t-shirt? I go, ah, let me tell you. Look, uh, there are many things you can say, but here's the best answer I've ever heard. I've mentioned it before. If someone says to you, why aren't you drinking? You say, because I don't like the way it makes me feel. That's a perfect answer because there is no comeback to that. They can, you know, they can say to you, oh, can't you just have one? But that doesn't make any sense, does it? Why would you have one of something that you, makes you feel terrible? There's no comeback. You know, even if they say to you, well, yeah, I think you've been very antisocial. You're spoiling the mood. You're bringing the party down. And, and then you can say, well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not going to drink something that makes me feel ill so that you can have a good time. That doesn't work for me. There's no comeback. I think it's perfect. Anyone else got a better one in the comments? Better answer to why don't you drink alcohol? Um, 
You see, Rick says here, uh, just say you're on a fitness thing. I don't think that works as well because they can say, oh, yeah, but you can have one or have vodka. What Can't you have vodka that's got no calories in it? You see what I mean? That There's something you can come back with it on that one. Um, Susan, good morning from Alabama. I'm 24 days alcohol free. It's my first time listening in. I've been using the tools from your website. Thank you. Well done, Susan. Absolutely fantastic. Um, let's have a look. Nancy says, going through a difficult divorce, but still not tempted to drink. Feeling my feelings and dealing with it without adding attractively packaged poison. Yeah. You know, I've been through divorce myself, Nancy, and it's it's not a pleasant process. It's difficult and it always goes on longer than you'd hoped. But it's worse with alcohol. I know that for sure. If you want to make it more drawn out and messy and complicated, drink alcohol. James Blue Tense. Uh, great cast, Craig. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, here we go. Jem. This is going to sound like a lame excuse. <laughs> But the only thing stopping me signing up for your course is because finances are a little tight at the moment. As soon as I get paid, I'm on it. I'm determined. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, can't travel. No jab. No, oh, I'm triple jabbed. I have. I've had two. I've had the Johnson and Johnson, which was you know one shot. Uh, and then one Pfizer, I think. So I, I think that's not a problem. But they're super strict here in, in Cyprus still. You still have to wear masks and show your uh, vaccination certificate to get into a supermarket. It's crazy. Um, Lucas, another one of our YouTube members. Hi, Craig. Do cravings go away with time? It was my first week when I quit, but on the weekend it was harder. I was with friends out and it took some effort to navigate the whole party. Yeah. Okay, Lucas. So do the do the daily videos as a part of the course because um, you will then understand how the journey works. But let me just tell you that there are two phases to this. Uh, the first phase is the first two to three weeks. This is when the drug alcohol has the physical capability to make you feel uncomfortable. The drug in your body can make you feel jittery and on edge. And that's when you get tempted to drink, right? So after two to three weeks, the alcohol that you had three weeks ago is now out of your system completely. It's, it's no longer there. It has no ability to cause any physical manifestations. So if you're more than three weeks away from drinking and you get a craving to drink, it's got nothing to do with alcohol. It's purely 100% psychological conditioning, all right? It's a, you've triggered an anchor that's uh, calling on you to drink. So we talk in the course about what you do when that happens, all right? Uh, Craig, Bon Scott, the original singer of heavy metal band ACDC, died from alcoholism as well. Just like with David Lloyd, he too died from choking on his own vomit. He was 33, died in the back of a car. It's just shocking, isn't it? Um, Bonnie, if you're struggling with poor mental health, alcohol is absolutely one of the worst choices as medicine. Absolutely true, Bonnie. Um, you look at the serious cases of depression, clinical depression and suicide, you'll generally find some alcohol in there in the mix. 
it's just very, very bad for your, your mental health. Janet, thanks for your live sessions. You remind us all of the dangers of alcohol use. That's the goal. You know, I think we, we get together once a week and just, A, remind ourselves we're not on our own, B, support each other, and also highlight the nonsense for what it is, nonsense. James, when does the rage stop? I can quit any time and have, but I always start again because of life and how it turns turns me to sarcasm when dry. Um, yeah, you got you got kind of two problems there, James, haven't you? You got you got the alcohol problem and then uh, you know an anger problem. They're two separate things. Um, what it sounds like is you're only removing one of the problems, and if you do that, you become what we call a dry drunk, as in you, there's no alcohol in your system, but you're miserable. Because you've rem alcohol at the moment for you, James, is a coping mechanism. You have some underlying issue there, and alcohol is masking it. And so, in a way, your subconscious mind is viewing alcohol as a benefit because it's making a problem appear not to be there, right? And that would be lovely if there were no side effects to alcohol. If alcohol didn't do any damage then, okay, fine, you, you know, all right, it's probably not the most healthy thing you can do to live like that, but it would do a job. The only problem is that you get tolerance, so you have to drink more and more to get the same numbing effect that you had initially, and the more you drink, the more you get devastation in your life, you know, your finances, your relationship, you know, you've been there. So what you've got to do is you've got to split this into two parts. You've got to stop drinking, and then immediately you've got to get started on the other problem. Go to anger management, get a therapist, go and do something to address that. Because as long as you leave it, you know, as long as you leave this open wound exposed, it's going to hurt you. And your subconscious mind is going to say, but we have a solution to this, James, and it's called alcohol. So don't just quit drinking. See, this is a two-part process. As soon as you quit drinking and you get this poison out of your life and you've got some clarity, then immediately get started on working on yourself with the other problem. Uh, JT, JT removals. Uh, love your channel, Craig. So glad I came across it. You helped me immensely. Feeling like my drinking at the weekend is getting out of control. I've uh, been three months over now. Thank you, mate. Excellent. Um, uh, Matowix, I don't believe people who say they don't get hangovers. Do you think it's true? Um, yeah, it, I think it is true, you know. Um, heavy drinkers, get, you know, have this tolerance. And while they might be tired and grumpy and a bit groggy, they probably don't label how they feel as a hangover. It's not that kind of pounding headache. Oh, my God, I can't move. That I, I feel so terrible. They've become so tolerant to alcohol that they kind of they process it very quickly. And they never feel 100% because they're drinking poison on a daily basis. But they, they don't have what typically you would describe as a hangover. So I think there is some truth in that. But for the most part, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm missing lots of people. I do know that here. I'll, we're going to carry on for a couple more minutes. But if I, if I miss your post, please forgive me. Um, what else we got here? 
Archie unvaccinated forever. Okay. Um, Craig, your videos helped me stop drinking for nine months. Then the evil clown said, Craig, he took the COVID jabs. Craig, he took the COVID jabs. More attractively packaged poison. Silly, I know. I'm watching you again on day six. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about, but uh, I don't think there's a link between vaccination and drinking. Um, Nancy, I loved your videos where you describe being in a tunnel uh, that we think has one door, alcohol, but actually many doors around us. We don't really want alcohol. We want the escape from the stress and pain. Yeah. You know, as I say, alcohol is not the problem. Alcohol is a symptom of the problem. Um, that's why I think, you know, AA didn't work for me, is that it just treats the problem. It says you're not allowed to drink anymore. And as long as you're not drinking, then you're succeeding. Uh, but you're miserable because alcohol was just a symptom, not the problem, see? Um, John Kelly. Um, I really enjoy the show, Craig. Plenty of great advice. Thank you, John. Malt liquor. I have a physical addiction, folks. Not easy. It's not. And you need to see a doctor, Malt. But do you see that your logo, your profile picture is of a bottle of beer and your username is malt liquor? You're not making life easier for yourself. You, this is, you know, it, that if you have a physical addiction to alcohol, you absolutely need medical care and attention. But you can help yourself half the way by at least getting started on your mindset around this stuff. Angela says, don't hang around people who drink. Yeah. There is, a, there is a great expression, Angela, and it goes something like this. If you don't want a haircut, don't hang around the barber shop. Because if you do, eventually, you'll end up getting a haircut. <laughs> and the same is true of alcohol. If you don't want to drink alcohol, don't hang around in bars with people who drink alcohol. Because, and so on. Um, uh, duh, duh, duh. Stephen, uh, Stephanie McDaniel, how do we get a T-shirt? Uh, you go to craigbeck.net, I believe. Um, hang on, let me put this up. I think this is right. So... If T-shirts are there, all right? So look. Uh, Angel, here in Argentina, there is a brand of whiskey that claims in its advertising to say yes to a good moment, showing happy people laughing. And so it's diabolic, isn't, uh, diabolical, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever seen the, the, the true alcohol ad with someone sitting on their own, on the sofa, in their underwear, eating a bag of Doritos with a bottle of alcohol? That's not how it's portrayed. Alcohol is always portrayed as the thing you do with friends, which is all very nice. And yeah, but it's not true, is it? Because once you get a problem with alcohol, you tend to do this stuff on your own because then there's nobody to question your drinking. Then there's nobody to say, oh, I think you've had enough. Lucas, thank you. Also did your four steps on the weekend when the moment was tough. It worked very well. Lucas, it does. Do the four things that I talk about in the course and you won't drink. 
guaranteed. Um, let's see what else we got here. Victoria, AA didn't work for me. I felt worse about myself. It's a, it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't like to get on the bandwagon about AA, but it's kind of depressing, you know, that all these people spend the rest of their life talking about the thing that they hate and love in equal measure. It, it feels like torture to me then. Um, Todd saying, Victoria, how did AA make you feel worse? To be honest, I haven't given it a fair go, but I've always been a bit skeptical of it. And you should give it a fair go, Todd, if, you, if, you, you know, if you're struggling, because why not? Why not give it a go? Because it's unfair of me to suggest that it doesn't work for anyone. That's not true. It works for millions of people. There are millions of people who are alive today that wouldn't be if it wasn't for AA. So fair dues. Um, all right, last couple of questions, then we're going to wrap up. We're approaching an hour here. Um, Ch uh, Chesley? Chesley Kearney, happy with being sober, motivated, fixed my sleep schedule, working out most days of the week and pursuing my passion. One thing is, any tips on dealing with the low blood sugar in the early days? Um, I, I didn't. Well, it, you can get a bit of a sweet tooth initially, uh, Chelsea. And I remember, I mean, it's a long time ago for me now. I remember going through the Haribo like it was, <laughs> like it was, I don't know what, but. Um, it fades is all I can say um, like anything else you, you've got to give your body time to adjust you know something quite dramatic has changed in your body your body has spent years and decades getting used to there being poison in your blood and all of a sudden it disappears and it's as, even as though you're now living a much healthier life to your body it's panic system you know it's something weird has happened just have faith that it will fade just like everything else um uh, nikima seven months alcohol free went to my first aa meeting last week uh, i don't i don't have cravings often but when i do i just push through how long should i keep going to meetings as long as you find they're useful nikima if you, if you think that going to AA is keeping you sober, then keep going. If you don't believe it is, uh, if you believe that you don't need it, then stop and see what happens. You can always go back, can't you? Um, Edison, Russell Brand, I didn't have a problem with drugs. I had a problem with life. Yeah, yeah. Although Russell Brand has a kind of extreme view of this. He basically says if you're an addict, you're an, you're an addict forever. And it's not just alcohol you're addicted to. You'll be addicted to, you know, loads of things. Basically says it's just part of who you are. Accept it. And I'm not sure I like that, really. Um, JR, hi, Craig. Say I had a drinking problem. Okay. What do I do to enter your course? The only way to get on the course, JR is by doing the webinar. You see the, uh, if you go to the, my website, stopdrinkingexpert.com, uh, you'll see there's a free quit drinking webinar. And that's the only way you can get on the course. And the reason for that is, the reason I don't have a big like start now, join now button is I don't want to make it too easy. I only want you to do the course if you're ready to do it. If you're 100% committed and you're like, 
I don't care what it takes, I'm doing this. And if you're willing to sit through me explaining a few things to you and giving it to you both barrels, then you're my sort of person and I want to work with you. So step number one, you do the webinar. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to give the last comment to Heartburn and let's just see what Carol has to say and then we're going to wrap up. Carol H from Missouri, I wanted to say thank you. Your course and book have been incredibly helpful. I've lost my desire to drink. I don't like the taste of it anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent, Carol. Uh, Jessica, let me give you a little warning, Carol, right? At some point, six months, a year from now, you're going to have the crazy notion that you didn't really have much of a problem to begin with. And hey, it was so easy to quit. Maybe you can just have that glass of champagne at a wedding that someone put in your hand. Don't fall for it. It's an illusion. You did have a problem and it will be difficult to get out of it again. Remember these words. All right. The last words today, heartburn, animals in the wild wouldn't last a minute after imbibing alcohol. And I tell you what, that's true. And we have lots of, we have four cats here. If I wash my hands in alcohol gel, the cats won't come near me. It's like they, they know you've got something very deadly on your hands. You've got something disgusting and we're not coming near it. So animals know, you know, they're closer to nature. They know poison when they see it. As, as humans, we like to think we're superior, but when we're not quite in, in a lot of situations. So thank you very much for being with me today. I hope that was helpful. Um, absolute pleasure, as always, being with you. If you are worried about your drinking, get on the course. And uh, don't forget, there will be another video out tomorrow. New video every day, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And thanks a lot for watching. If you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button, and I will see you very soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs>